0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode two of the Chatterball podcast. I'm super excited, yo 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 super excited to be back here, man. Here, um, Episode one was really fun to record. You know, we're still here in quarantine, here in New York City, and most places. But hopefully, we're back out there soon. Um in the meantime bringing you episode 2 of this podcast and today we're going to be discussing the highly talked about Michael Jordan documentary series that aired on ESPN called The Last Dance. I'm sure by now you've heard about it if not I don't know where you've been but you got to check it out. Uh 10 parter and it really went in depth on michael jordan's journey from start to finish and really highlighted his last year (coughs) chasing that sixth and final ring that he got so i'm gonna open it up now to my awesome co-host so y'all can share your opinions on this last dance because i had a great time watching it go ahead guys
1: what's up guys chaz resident brooklyn nets fan and steph curry super fan So, um, you know, they really hyped this documentary up. We've been waiting on it. And when they announced that they were going to release it early, everybody was like, yeah. And I admit, it it was pretty cool. You know, I liked it. It was cool to see the inner workings. But I don't know. I kind of feel like the whole Utah and Bulls thing was kind of boring to me. But overall... I'd say it was a great documentary, learned a lot, a lot of personality was in there, some great memes came from it, oh yeah, Hell I'd, yeah. I'd say it was like a eight, eight and a half out of ten. <laughs> oh, yeah, Perfect. all right,
2: yo, yo, yo it's Anthony, what? also Nets fan, shout out Chaz, holding it down for us. <laughs> Hey, hey. We make a, I saw today Bleacher Report. We about to make some big moves. Bradley Beal might be coming Ooh. through, so yeah. we'll talk about that watch later. There's yeah. going to be a documentary on that <laughs> in 15 years. But yeah. Start, um, produced by Jay-Z. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> so the last dance. Um, Wow. Michael Jordan, really a mythical creature. And, mm. you know, growing up you know, after, you know, his prime and not really seeing him play consistently like how we do right now. We're watching it all the time. We got the YouTube video and highlights, you know, just seeing how in awe people were of him in that time. Like, you know, people tell you the stories, you know, of all the crazy things that he would do on the court. And it's no different from back then. He was just really dominating the game. There was no competition at all once he stepped out on there whether he was hurt sick whoever you had all-star mvp it was just if you had michael jordan you know you're gonna win that's what a lot of his teammates were saying they just all the practices all the hard work like all the sacrifice that they had to make it was also when you go out there you feel like you're the greatest team it's an automatic w and he carried himself like that consistently and that's just greatness to me i
3: thought that Hell was yeah. cool <laughs> yeah oh, oh all right it's just showing out here uh, uh, uh apologetic mellow fan <laughs> unapologetic i should say sad nick fan but whatever i'm over it this is what it is so the last dance um Michael jordan has always been the goat to me so I actually slept on the documentary. I didn't watch it until, like, the last two episodes, but I watched the first four episodes today. uh, It just taught me that nobody wins a championship by themselves, not even Michael Jordan. <laughs> he was giving everybody buckets in his early years, but he wasn't winning, so he didn't start winning until Scotty got there, and even then, he didn't win a championship until Phil got there, and he embraced the triangle, so it's just it it was amazing though. I really enjoyed the documentary. It just it just inspired a whole generation of basketball players that were watching the day. So mm-hmm. I liked it. I give it a. I give it a. I give it a nine, Chaz. A nine. <laughs> How are you
2: rating it already? It's been.
0: I mean, he
3: rated it. Not the <laughs> Yeah, Chaz gave it an
0: 8.5. Deshaun gave it a 9. I've been
2: marinating right? your memory for, like, at least a couple of months before we start throwing out. Uh, you're right, you're right, you're right. It's been 25 years in the making.
0: True, true. I will say that when Deshaun started speaking, I thought he was Jerry Krause in the flesh when he said, oh, players don't win championships. Uh, organizations win championships. Like, there's, all there's right. There's no backstabbing going on here. I like okay jerry but uh for those of you if you have not watched the documentary um best believe we're going to be discussing it so um i suggest you check it out this is rami here if you didn't already know um nick's fan avid um you know i've got like 10 different beanies of the Knicks in my closet but when they suck which is all the time you know I'm following my favorite players which are LeBron and Russell Westbrook um I really enjoyed the the docuseries of Michael Jordan but not like I really thought I would get to see a lot of game film and I'd see a lot of like how he played but you only get to see like clips of it but what what i really learned about which was infinitely more valuable was like who what type of man he was and as anthony mentioned you know his prime years were before i was born his or actually his prime was running from before i was born to like me being like a few years old so i didn't know about any of this only like this mythical like oh mj is the greatest of all time he won six rings but now after watching this i really know who he was that he was like a born savage. Like he only needed to beat everybody around him. It didn't matter in what, he if you told him he wasn't good at it, he would try to beat you. And that was hella inspiring to me as somebody trying to like, you know, live my life and reach my I ain't gonna be dunking on anybody, but if I can apply that Jordan (laughs) mentality, you know, like I feel like life is a big competition. And that man was a winner. Like all he cared about was winning. And I I really learned a lot. But also i really enjoyed seeing like the news like the inner besides the record and the stats like we got to see so much news like like about dennis rodman dating this model and then of michael jordan's like backstory like his gambling thing the story of his father from childhood till now like i feel like i barely knew about any of these things and now i like i feel like i was reading you know today's news as I was watching that documentary. So I thought they did a really good job of taking me back to there. Um, that's great. That's yeah. I, I would give it like a eight, I would give it a nine as well out of 10.
2: Yeah, like what you were talking about with the news, um, it's just so wild. You know, the memory of Michael Jordan, it makes it seem like his reputation is unblemished. Like there was never any controversy. <laughs> It was always, he's the greatest, like, he's here, we love him. And that was the end of it. But, you know, seeing how when he was on that pedestal, like people were really trying to bring him down. And he always took any little slight to fuel him to go even higher. And that is just uh, mind-boggling to me. He just never let any moment go to waste.
3: You, um, if you play a drinking game and you take a shot every time he says, that's when it got personal for me. You <laughs> wouldn't make it. I took
0: it personal. You <laughs>
3: would make it. <laughs> That's when I took it personal.
0: <laughs> now I understood the meme because I didn't understand the meme when I saw it. But yo, he really took everything personal. You saw when he was playing the coin flip yeah. game with the security guards, and mm-hmm. the security guard was like, yeah. I think I could beat you. This man said, Put your money up. Put your money up right now. I gotta crush you. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: just the idea that I'm you even compete with him was laughable. <laughs> you you just get offended.
0: If if you notice, like, any time – also, great thing. I learned about a lot of other players as well, not just Michael Jordan. But, like, I'm not even talking about just Bulls. Like, I learned about, you know, Clyde Drexler. I learned about Charles Barkley. I learned about um, Patrick Ewing and stuff like that. But um, anytime he'd go into a matchup, right, especially in his younger career, before he was, like, Michael Jordan who can't be beat, when people actually, you know, thought he could take him a bit. Um, they really would hype the matchup up. Like, oh, this is going to be a matchup to watch. Michael Jordan versus Clyde. Uh, Michael Jordan versus this guy. And he would literally, just from somebody even putting them in the same sentence, Michael would be like, mm-hmm. they thought that they could compare Clyde Drexler to me? Are you stupid? And then I had to go out there and drop 50 on their heads. Like, God, damn, <laughs> I've, I've never seen something like that. Like, who would <laughs> – even does that in modern day uh or like somebody even resembling and like somebody resembling michael can we think of anybody kobe that's it kobe, kobe yes Kobe's oh, a carbon blueprint. copy. Yeah, wait deshaun say blueprint. that again
3: kobe is a carbon copy of michael jordan he even said it himself <laughs> he based his whole game off him even his mannerisms uh, he does a lot of things that Michael used to do in press conferences and uh, mm-hmm. uh, off the court when he hits a game when it's shot, fist bumps, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> there's a video of it, like, it just shows their game side by side, and it's like it's amazing. should uh, oh, yeah. you know, check it know.
2: Even the tongue.
3: Yeah, the tongue, he Both did that. Them,
2: show. They even celebrated the fifth championship the same way. They, like, jumped on the scoreboard and, like,
0: did
3: that. <laughs> wow.
0: So, so would you say? Would you say that Mamba mentality, uh, rest in peace, Kobe? Of course. Um, would you say that Mamba mentality is like originated somewhat, or like founded in like lessons from MJ? Or would you say that's like a different?
3: Yeah, no, it's the same thing. <clears throat>
0: uh,
1: I would say, like the general idea is the same, that competitive, competitiveness, but some differences, I would say, would be MJ was a little bit more willing to play within the system. Like oh, he would really? Play. Yeah, he would, Um, you know, he embraced the triangle all the way. He never, I guess because when he started out, he was by himself, so, you know, he had that those few years where he was just scoring a bunch, still getting beat down, people was making fun of him. Oh, Michael Jordan can't win. Kobe, on the other hand, started out with Shaq. So he, you know, sometimes he had to break away from the system to really show out and prove himself. Like when he tried with the Pistons and he shot him out of the series.
2: Um, so that's I would, one. Oh, I,
0: that's oh one wow. <laughs> I would say <laughs> I would say that one of the main differences that, one of the main differences I can see between like Kobe mentality and MJ mentality like at least from what stands out to me was that MJ's mentality was almost like I just need to beat whoever's in front of me. I need to beat the next man. I need to be the best at whatever we're doing right now. Meanwhile, like Kobe felt like it was like more about being better myself. Like I need to be better. I need to be the best player I can be. I need to be this like leader to to make everybody else better. But MJ was really like, I just need to crush you. I need to make sure that nobody else is in the same league as me. That's kind of how it felt to me. I don't know if 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 that makes a difference in how y'all y'all think of them. In my mind, I will say, um,
1: after Shaq left and. Kobe was basically by himself. The years after, when he got Gasol and Ron Artest, Trevor Ariza, all those guys, I feel like he became more of a complete player. And then mm-hmm. that's when yeah. him and Jordan was really, like, like almost the same. He wasn't scoring as much, but he was doing what he needed to do to win. And that's what Jordan was all about.
3: Um, yeah. It's funny you say that, though, because, like, I remember just watching this today that when Doug Collins got fired, uh, that was the Bulls coach before Phil Jackson. His whole system was to get the ball to Michael. And then uh, Phil came in talking about the triangle and moving the ball. Michael was, uh, Michael was tight. <laughs> he, he didn't wholeheartedly accept the triangle at first. But uh, Phil eventually won him over. Uh, all players yeah, go through this. Yeah, all players go through this, though. Like, when they're young, they, you know, they jumping out the gym, shooting all the shots. But uh, eventually, they got to switch it up, uh, move, get their teammates involved. And uh, eventually, they won a championship because of it. Wilt, did it. Recall, Wilt did it. I
0: don't
3: Wilt did it. LeBron. <laughs> well, LeBron different. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, what's that supposed to mean?
3: <laughs> LeBron... He doesn't have a scorer's mentality. True, true. He's uh, he's more of a pass-first guy. And uh, when I was younger, I was like, oh, he's, uh, he's uh, a... Pass-first. He's, uh, yeah, he's a pass-first guy.
2: LeBron's the a point guard. The only
3: time I didn't see him not in a pass-first form is... uh, I always talk about it. Game 6, <laughs> Boston Celtics. He just said, yo, give me the ball, and I'm going to get this bucket. That was... That was amazing. Right. Hope he, I wish he does that, did that. Yeah, th-
0: that brings up a good point, though. Maybe that's, <laughs> that's kind of one of the reasons why, you know, there have been a lot of, like, opportunities left on the table, I guess we'll say. I'm not going to call them, like, misses or fails, but, like, seasons where he could have – LeBron could have won rings and didn't, <laughs> but it's because he's always so about passing and getting the whole team involved. But, like, the games where he takes over, like, who is touching that? Like it's, it's literally like a truck coming at you with the, with the finesse and the skill of like the smallest point guard. You know what I mean? So I, you bring up a good point to like he doesn't turn it on all the time and he's more pass first. If he had that killer mentality, like, you know, it would be maybe a different story, but I can't speak on that for sure.
3: Um, Perhaps, but uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not a, I appreciate LeBron. I'm not a LeBron fan, but I definitely appreciate the man. He, he's amazing. But uh he he actually did go through a lot uh more con contro- not controversy, but um tougher spots than Jordan because like all them years against the Warriors, <laughs> he had no shot. And it's not his fault. It's not his fault. He has he just had no shot. He had definitely had no shot against the Spurs uh in cleveland back in the day so that's like four four rings right there that's not even his fault
2: yeah okay uh, And well i think you know to bring that up and talk about jordan in the same breath of like being the greatest player i don't think he was ever the underdog going into a series it was always oh the bulls are going to win there was never any time that they were outmatched. There was yeah. never another team. Even there were, like, these quote-unquote super teams that were supposed to, to stop them. You know, those teams in Seattle, Charles Barkley um, winning the MVP in Phoenix. And that was his year. Like, everybody thought, like, hey, maybe he could do they it. They had the best record Better...
0: and the MVP of the league.
2: Yeah. Utah Jazz. They lost in 97. Mm-hmm. They came back better than next year, and Michael Jordan was last year still beat them, still played eighty two games, and there was never any doubt that he was always going to be the terror. It's yep. just different yep. when you're on that side of the dynasty, and I think that's what the real greatness is is that you that's are it. the uh, the the
0: force that is kind of just mm. oppressing everybody in the league
3: and that's why he's the goat
0: that's mm-hmm. true. That's true. Nobody ever – when Michael's in the game, you never doubt that that team isn't going to win. So I would say, like, that's equivalent to, like, in modern day, like, the Warriors, that's that super dynasty that they had going for a while. Like, if they ever lost, you were shocked, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. so so that could be also a point made is that, like, them not winning that that three-peat, that third consecutive, the one they lost to LeBron, like, (laughs) argument can be made. Like, that's the difference between a GOAT and not a GOAT because – You know, he won every single, like, matchup in the playoffs when it mattered. Well, when when he was in it, I meant to say. So I wanted to ask y'all, what did you think about from the documentary? Like, who would you, what storyline, like, what rivalry did you enjoy the most? Or which one, if not that, which one did you think, like, gave MJ the best run for his money? You know, you know, I've been thinking about this. A lot,
1: and honestly, that Phoenix series. The
0: Phoenix. With
1: Barkley and those sons. Oh, man. Sir Charles was going to work. Yeah, you know, um, since we were born, you know, and most, I think we were all born in 95. Yeah, we're all 95. When we look back at, yeah, when we hear about Jordan and Bulls, we just see, oh, six rings. And you think, oh, they must have been killing everybody. But they had, they had some close calls. And, you know, teams were showing out against them.
2: Mm-hmm. And yeah. I,
1: really, I really enjoyed that, that Suns team with Barkley. And that they, like, you know, at first they appeared out of it. Then they rung it back. And every, everybody thought they were going to lose in five at the Bulls' home. And then Barkley is like, nope, put,
0: put them flags away.
1: That was was one of the best quotes
0: That was one of the best quotes Of the whole thing He's like Better put them flags away They're not gonna need it today I love that (laughs) That confidence I, I guess that's a really good point was somebody said it earlier was like, you don't blame him. Who are you talking? You were talking about LeBron and a couple of his missed rings, like against these really stacked teams. Like you don't blame him. You don't blame him. I, I personally, you know, I didn't think he had, he was, he would be the underdog in a lot of those cases or not all the time, but whatever. What I'm saying is was Michael Jordan always by being always the favorite. Was there ever a chance of him losing like somebody said something in the documentary where it was like Michael after a certain point Michael was not there for anything else but to win the game you know he wasn't about anything in particular he just learned how to win games he wasn't there to play basketball he was there to win the game so that statement to me stuck out so hard that like did anybody? Oh, my question. I kind of lost track, but my question was Does anybody blame Charles Barkley for not winning a chip in that time? Does anybody blame, you know, the Clyde Drexlers and all those people that had great teams, amazing careers, Hall of Famers, and could not mm-hmm. win a ring or call Malone, you know, those people? Or, or are we just going to chalk it up to there was no chance? It was Michael Jordan.
3: And exactly. Well, they, had they had two chances, and they let Hakeem scoop them up. <laughs> Well, that speaks, to, that
2: speaks to that speaks to Hakeem's greatness.
3: Yeah, definitely. It's just uh, you,
2: you gotta get it. I blame how you can.
1: I blame the Supersonics for because if you look, all right. So I did some research because you know everybody talks about the seventy three win Warriors and how they stat lost the chip. That guy, and they you know they talk about how. It was really – it fatigued them to, you know, chase after that record. So, I'm like, so the Bulls won 72 games. They weren't tired. But listen to this. In the finals, (laughs) as a team, they they shot like 41%. Jordan had his worst – basically his worst finals. Scotty had his worst finals, even of role players. But there was one guy, one guy who was really, like, on it, Dennis Rodman, mm. locking dudes up and getting in Sean Kemp's head. And, <laughs> and you know, the, the coach, George Carl, he only put Gary Payton on Jordan in, what, game three or something like that? And Gary Payton, despite what Jordan said, it seemed <laughs> like he did worse with Gary Payton on him. So I think with some better coaching, maybe that series, maybe we're talking about that one game seven Michael Jordan went to, or we're talking about that one finals Jordan lost. Mm. That's just something I I was surprised by.
2: Well, you can go ahead. That's something, you know, speaking of coaching, how does phil jackson play a role in michael jordan's greatness because like Chas said earlier he didn't start winning chips until you know uh phil was a coach so i think um phil recognizing michael's strengths and his abilities to just dominate the game kind of allowed him to just create this atmosphere where they couldn't lose like even if michael wasn't on that's why you had those Scotty and you had Steve Kerr and Paxton, guys who would always be ready. I think that's something that is yeah. very interesting to see in the documentary. Is that these guys were always battle ready? They never were shying down in those moments.
0: You remember? You remember when they won their third championship um, for the first repeat? It was against the Suns, if I'm not mistaken. And in that right. series, in that series, Paxton that episode paxton actually says in his interview he was like you know nobody expects everybody expects jordan to take that shot i didn't expect me to get the shot but when i do get the Mm -hmm. ball as an athlete and as a player on that organization we were always ready you know as an athlete as a ball player you're ready for those shots when they come to you no matter how unexpected that may be so that just speaks volumes to Phil, I'm sure that's highly, mostly Phil. But also, you got Michael Jordan on your ass at every single practice, like it's a playoff game. And those two combined, because I I'm, ain't I'm giving the organization much more credit than the coaches, the assistant coaches. I ain't saying, I ain't, I, F Jerry Krause. That's, that's one thing I learned from this documentary. Fuck Jerry Krause. Because <laughs> honestly, I blame him for the whole disbanding. <laughs> but other than those two pushing you, at, imagine you had those two presents in your life. Like right now doing whatever it is, I'm sure you'd be better at it. So it yep. speaks volumes to the whole organization being ready. Dennis Rodman and Scottie Pippen and Steve Kerr and all these guys, like you don't have six rings without these men. You know what I mean? Like, of course, Dennis it's Rodman me. was on yeah, the yo, Pistons. Coach. Tony, Tony Kukoc, who, why they had to do Tony like that in the overseas game, bro? That was so wild to me. That
2: was savage.
0: That was it. so wild. That's that American swagger right there. They were like, "Yo," <laughs> they were like, "Yo, you got this European kid? You dare to go scout some European guy?" I, I feel like that's what highly made it more insulting. Was that it wasn't even like nobody they knew. It's like you're going where to 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 what country? You're gonna watch this guy while I'm waiting <laughs> to sign my contract? Like Jerry, you a snake for that? And he really was.
2: Yeah, I don't know why he kept trying to think that, hey, Michael and Scotty, they're not anything. Like I could get any other two guys <laughs> and
3: the in the team. documentary.
0: But it like he had I, Little
3: Man syndrome.
0: Yeah, but after I would imagine uh, that as a there's nothing that makes a little man feel bigger than being a champion and being the best in the league at whatever it is exactly. you're doing. So, little man syndrome, um, after you got one ring, two rings, three rings, after you fill your whole entire hand with rings, you would think that this man would stop trying to, like, assert himself and disband. You got to give him credit at some point for being persistent because he really was persistent in chasing other talent and making his players hate him. I- I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what James and, uh, Dolan
3: was Oh, God. Please don't. You're
0: saying James Dolan's trying to make everybody hate him, but it's really a stroke of genius. (laughs) (laughs) That's the master plan. (laughs) Oh, man. All I'll say is, like, you should never. After three rings, you know, four or five rings, like, at that point, whatever you players want to do, say the word, and we should make it happen. Like, I I personally feel like that's how it should have gone down, and they didn't do that. Um, but I I wanted to ask you all this: Would would do you think the legacy or the legend that is Jordan would be any different if he had five rings or if he didn't win that last season or if he lost one of his close? If he lost that one to the Suns. Like, would y'all would he still be the undisputed number one goat?
3: Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. but it would be a lot different.
1: It'd be so, closer. It'd
3: It'll be closer. Be so. Closer yeah, with it who? be
1: Yeah. Um, LeBron James. Uh, nah, bro.
0: Yes. LeBron.
3: <laughs> Twenty eleven finals. That's all I gotta say.
0: Twenty eleven finals. Who's that one? To, the Mavs?
3: Yeah, the Mavs. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to. You don't want to think about that, do you?
0: I don't want to think about that. <laughs> Well, let's 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 get into this then. Hmm. I feel like we've talked a lot about Last Dance and Michael Jordan. It did a great job of highlighting their journey. But what one thing that this doc showed me is that different players come from a different cloth. Like some players are born with the savage win all the time mentality, and like they're raised from young with that, and then others you know you couldn't push them hard enough to try to get them to reach their next level you got to drag that talent out of them so i feel like there's something that makes these winners throughout the years very apparent so i wanted to get into like what who are some of those winners the like the best generational players of some of the eras past and present
1: well we got to talk about the greatest winner of all time,
0: Bill. Bill Russell. Bill, when what 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 era was that? Like the sixties.
3: Sixties. Hmm. When there was like ten teams.
1: Yeah, fifties to sixty-nine. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I know. I know. He,
3: uh,
1: I'm not. I'm not, not uh, I'm not.
3: I'm not disrespecting, but it it should be known there was like ten teams.
2: But you still okay. a winner.
3: Okay, everybody was
2: playing against the same teams.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you play
2: with the rules (laughs) that you're given. Either you win or you don't. Like, I don't think that's, that's like a fair, like, handy one to him. A lot. Yeah, like, who, like, there was the same rules. Everybody was playing with the same baskets. Everybody was playing each other. And
0: and if there's 10 teams, I would imagine 10 teams in the same country, the same, like, sized country, you should have, like, higher talent concentration in those teams, if I'm not mistaken, you know. Now there's 30 teams. You got to spread the talent so many different ways.
1: This is all I'm going to say. He beat a team with Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, and Wilt Chamberlain while he was a player coach. We got to give that man his respect.
0: Yeah. How you yep. on the yep.
2: sidelines in a suit and then you
0: dunk it the next minute. <laughs>
2: like, come on. This is a legend. And-
0: <laughs> okay. okay. So we got Bill, uh, we got Bill Russell as the like the undisputed goat of the 60s and maybe 50s. W- what about like the 70s and 80s? Let's get into those.
3: Well, the 70s, you got Kareem. Uh, As yeah. guys was telling me earlier, five MVPs. Right wow.
0: There. But you
1: know what's interesting? Kareem didn't really, outside of the Bucks teams, you know, that ring in 71, one of the greatest teams ever. Outside of that, he didn't really win that much, yeah. much in the 70s. Know.
3: You had, yeah, I um, know. The, every the one showing up in the 70s. You have a lot of yeah, 1-1 was, championships in the 70s. It's uh. It was a. It was apparently a, a Dark time. Yeah, it was a dark time in the NBA. NBA was actually on its last legs in the seventies. Yeah, it was all up. the cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> all the cocaine. <laughs> all the cocaine.
1: <laughs> Which brings us into the, 80s. the next two, Magic and Bird.
0: Mm. Oh, together. I I we would talk- say those two have to be together. together. Like you together, can't say right. one is the goat over the other. Their destinies are intertwined.
3: <laughs>
2: when you talk about winners, you got to talk about them.
3: Yep. Yep.
2: Wait, just for a second, can we appreciate? Because I, you know, we're so young, we didn't really watch them day in and day out. But when I do watch Larry Bird highlights, it's crazy how saucy he was. He was out there <laughs> playing like he was a fucking globetrotter. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's just standing around like, how do you know how to dribble with your left, Larry? And he's like, I'm just going to shoot it backwards now.
0: Yo, Larry Larry and Magic both had this, like, insane, like, talent. Like, for their generation, for their time, it was, like, so far ahead of anybody else at that Mm -hmm. time. Like Larry Bird, Larry Bird plays like a modern day, like somebody like not to say skill wise, but like he was like the size and talent of like who would we compare this like a KD at the time, like KD. he was yeah. like a KD of his time.
3: But yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. that's why when Larry was giving his props to MJ, he said. What did he say? He said he was that wasn't Michael Jordan, that was God dressed as Michael Jordan. Like what? Oh <laughs> Dude, my that's god. How you know.
2: <laughs> oh
3: my <laughs> man god. was different. That's we the ultimate we...
2: respect.
0: That's different, right?
3: Another now. man called you God? What?
0: <laughs> Another man that's a Hall of Famer, like best best in the league at
3: his in team. his prime at the time. Yeah.
0: And like, the guy uh, that you're chasing. <laughs> I, that was I, the dynasty. I can't believe yeah. that somebody would say something like that, but that just speaks volumes to how nice MJ was. Do you watch? Did you watch MJ like glide and slice through the lane and hit these crazy contested shots?
3: real? Like,
0: I need to know. I need to know what he practiced on because his his accuracy in those up and unders, in those contested shots, and the, the lay. <laughs> one, thing, one thing I loved about this documentary was just, like, watching all the beauty of the mid-range that is now dead in our modern-day league. You know what uh, I
2: mean?
3: Yeah.
0: Mellow's hey, keeping hey. it
2: alive. Chris, <laughs> Mellow's I mean, carrying the torch.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey. At the end of the day, everybody needs a mid-range shot. Well, not everybody. All the All the stars.
0: <laughs> you know what's funny as that you made the same exact point in episode one, so I'm I'm starting. I to
3: can... say. The... Yeah, All You right, got key points, bro.
0: Let me not see you jacking no nobody to win. That's not a mid range killer. Yeah, <laughs> truthfully, I mean,
2: I I agree with Deshaun on that. The mid range shot, even though Steph Curry changed the game with the three. You know, it's been around for 40 years, but nobody's really taken (laughs) full advantage of it until now. You still need that mid-range shot, because that's a harder shot to make beyond that arc. And you can't really count on that consistently to win games down the stretch. You want to go with something that you're more comfortable with. And Jordan, he never liked taking threes. I think probably over his
0: career, he took like maybe one or two a game at most. Yeah. But, like, yep. the crazy part was is that he still had that ability. He just – it just wasn't, like, a must at the time. Like I'm pretty sure in one of the earliest episodes of the series, he sets, like, the playoff record for threes and a half with, like, five of them. Um, you know, so he had that ability. But yep. as Deshaun said, like, the true greats have a bit of everything. You know, they can mid-range. They could drive. They could shoot the three. But hardly do you see like a. I don't think there's any like generational greats that we could say were like bad at any one of those things. Uh, Shaq. Mm. <laughs> mm, Shaq's
3: just a big boy, bro. Yeah, you can't, you can't yeah.
0: teach size.
3: You can't teach system. size. So um, you know,
1: it's very underrated, but after, you know, Jordan retired the second time and, you know, the Bulls were done. After that, it's really, like, Shaq and
0: Tim Duncan who were like, winning, really. Yep. I would say Shaq – well, Shaq, Tim Duncan, and Kobe.
3: I was going to say – Well, yeah. Of uh, the 2000s, it's Tim Duncan and Kobe. Kobe, Shaq, yeah. Shaq kind of fell off after he left the Lakers.
1: Yeah, but he had that three-peat, man. Duncan won 99. Shaq yeah. three-peats. Duncan, no, well, Detroit wins, then Duncan wins.
3: Yeah, Detroit was in there. You throw Boston in there. But if we're talking about GOATs of the 2000s, you got to say Kobe and Tim Duncan.
0: Yep, I can definitely agree with Kobe and Tim Duncan. But obviously, I would put Kobe like a peg up just because, like, Tim Duncan had a much better overall organization and, like, you know, Mm set up. It was a successful all-around setup meanwhile like you know kobe i'm not saying the, the, the spurs would win without duncan but like the lakers would not be anywhere without kobe in those years so
3: mm-hmm. so uh, do we dare to say a goat for the 2010s
2: easy wait we yeah. didn't even do 2000
3: we did we did right, uh, the I mean, 2000s we said tim 20? duncan and kobe
0: oh okay that's that's pretty pretty unanimous that's fair. Uh, I fair. guess 2010s, we'd have we, to say. We all know. 2010s, we'd have to say Curry, Kawhi. Curry and LeBron. <laughs> Curry and LeBron. It's Curry and Le- LeBron.
1: We to man. see Kawhi
3: in Do, there.
0: That's Kawhi. <laughs> I feel like Kawhi <laughs> can get a little Come mention. No, nah,
3: I'm, I'm half messing around. I'm half messing around. but uh, yeah, if you, definitely if he, wins, Curry and LeBron.
0: if he wins one more. Oh, it's already the 2020s. Never mind. <laughs>
3: yeah, exactly. So, all right, Curry uh, and LeBron.
0: Curry and LeBron, thank you. That's all I, I I filmed this entire podcast just to make sure that I was clear. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh I I think we we've made our way through all the the, the decades. You know, we've yeah. heard we've heard Kareem, we've heard Bill Russell, we've heard um who else we got Larry, Magic, Kobe, Jordan. Jordan, Jordan. I like how
1: yeah. I like how. Every decade, except for the 90s and the 60s, have two people.
0: Yeah. Me.
3: Damn, and man, the
0: right. 60s is just Bill Russell, 90s is just Jordan. No. Well, that's no. hard. It's, it's hard to argue when, when some, one man takes all the rings.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. No.
2: <laughs> if, if you had to put somebody as that comp- competition with Jordan in the 90s, could you even name one person no. that is a, a quote unquote <laughs> rival?
3: No, <laughs> you can't. No, because Maybe. no,
0: Hakeem. No, because if we did, then uh MJ would find out, take it personally, and make a return. <laughs> he'd he, he'd return right now to come drop buckets on somebody's head.
3: Yo, end it right there.
0: <laughs> Yo, I think that's the perfect way to end it right there. Um, mm-hmm. We 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 kind of got excited and and made this a long episode for y'all, but. Um, I had lots of fun filming this. We really appreciate anybody that's tuned in till now. Chatterball podcast is, you know, doing wonders for us during this quarantine, and we hope you're all doing well and staying safe. Y'all can say whatever you want to say. Uh, we out.
3: No, said so definitely. You know, stay safe out there and uh, keep <laughs> waiting for the NBA to come back.
2: Yes. And, and, and don't ever say Set that Curry, is not 2021.
0: The coach. <laughs> say what, Anthony? Don't ever say that Jordan
2: isn't the GOAT anymore. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I can I can safely say as an avid LeBron fan that there like Jordan is the locked in number one GOAT. Um everybody sure. check out the last dance. It's on ESPN Plus if you haven't already. Um 10 part docuseries. Uh thanks for tuning into the Chatterball Podcast. We're dropping this through anchor.fm. Check us out and appreciate all the support we can get. Thank you, everybody. Take care. Peace. We out.